0: You have your Bibles. Open up to Romans twelve. Once again, Romans twelve. Verses one and two. And continue looking at transformation. Transformation. And specifically, we're going to see how it relates to Father's Day. Today, Romans twelve. Verses 1 and 2. Okay? Let's go ahead and uh, read those out loud together. And then we'll pray Romans 12, 1 and 2. Ready? Begin. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for our time of worship so far. And now, as we continue looking at transformation and and specifically, Lord, this idea of renewing our minds, and and then, Lord, specifically renewing our minds in terms of our relationship with you as Abba, as Father. Lord, help us on this Father's Day to get some clarity and, and to take a step forward in our transformation and to know you more deeply, more intimately as Abba, as Father. So, Lord, we love you. Again, uh, pray for those in need, pray for those who could not be here, and Lord, um, ask now through your Holy Spirit that you would be the teacher, the counselor, that you would um, do what only you can do in our hearts and minds. And God, all God's people said, Amen. Yesterday I had a, an opportunity, we drove down to San Diego, Nadine and myself and a couple kids, and uh, we were invited to a reunion, a 20-year reunion. Uh, for a ministry, I, I've never been much into high school reunions. Anyone go to high school reunions? Anyone never been to one high school reunion at all? You're just like, you know, right? So I've, I've never really been into much to the high school reunion thing. But this one, uh, a buddy of mine called, a, a guy I've known for 25 years or so, and um, what he was doing is he organized a reunion for the ministry team that put together the first, what we called the Youth Crusade back in 1996. We rented out the sports arena, uh, invited all of San Diego County from the border to Oceanside all the way back to the East County. Um, There's just a small group of us on staff, about three or four people, so imagine that. Um, We invited the entire county, rented out the sports arena. Over two nights, we had about 12,000 kids come. Uh, hundreds got saved, just just an incredible run in ministry. and ministry. And so to celebrate 20 years later, he said, hey, why don't you come down if you can and, and we'll do a little barbecue at the beach and just catch up, and, and that's what we did. We, we went down, enjoyed a barbecue, and then we sat underneath the canopy and we just told stories and reminisced, and, and that was all well and good. But, but what was interesting to me was 20 years later to see where they were and that the core and the people that, that I had served with and, and, and gone to battle with and did everything with uh, over those several months leading up to that event, that 20 years later, they're all walking with the Lord and serving various churches and capacities. And to me, that was just as much a huge blessing. 20 years later, we gather and, and we're still connected and, and, and we're doing well. And, and it made me think about this, this transformation process that we've been talking about for six months. Right. Think about, think about your journey with the Lord. You know, sometimes uh, if you're into these books, you know, there was a book um, in one of the chapters that said, Begin with the End in Mind, right? If, you want, if you're a goal setter, begin with the end in mind. So transformation, the end is being conformed to the image of Christ, right? That's the end. But fast, fast forward a little bit. Let's say we were going to have a reunion in 20 years for those who remained on this planet, <laughs> right? Right? If you're still here in 20 years, whoa! Where do you want to be spiritually? You ever thought about it that way? You ever thought of of putting your spiritual transformation sort of on a, where would I like to be? Okay, let's, let's, let's come back closer. If it's not 20, let's go 10. Okay, let's reel it in a little bit more. Five years from now, where would you like to be spiritually in this transformation metamorphosis? Okay, five years is still too far out. Let's go to a year. A year. June 19th, 2017. Where are you going to be spiritually? Where do you want to be? Okay, we'll come a little bit closer. Six months. Six months. Let's go December 31st, 2016. Where do you want to be spiritually? Where, how much do you want to mature? What area do you want to focus on in the next six months? Okay, come back a little more. Come in, let's come back a month from now. Let's go a month out. Right? Because typically, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're into the, the goal-setting thing, you know, they say 21 days to, to start a habit, right? If you do something t- for 21 days, typically they say you, that's how you form a habit. Okay, so we'll give you 30, 31 days. A month out. Where do you want to be spiritually? Is there an area that you that God has put on your heart for a 30 day focus? So that on July 19th, you'll come back and give a report. Okay, let's come all the way back. A week. Next Sunday. Where do you want to be spiritually next Sunday? What? Progress? Do you want to make between now and next Sunday? I'm not. I'm not talking good intentions. I'm talking like measurable, tangible. However, you want to evaluate it, fruit-bearing a week from now. Is that possible? Is it possible to take a step forward and bear fruit in a week? I don't I don't know it's not unanimous. I'm not saying unanimous. Is is that possible? Is it possible to come back a week from today, 7 days from now and be different? Now careful if you're nodding. Because the next question is where are you going to be next week because <laughs> you just said it was possible. Okay, let's let's go all the way back. Today. Today before you Close your eyes on your pillow. Where do you want to be by the end of the day spiritually? What step or steps do you want to take before you put your head down on the pillow tonight? Same question. Is it possible? Okay, it's 9 47. 12 hours from now. 12 hours. Is it possible in the next 12 hours to take a tangible, uh, what's your word, tangible step, real step, practical step, measurable, That's right? Is it possible to do something practical, measurable, tangible in the next 12 hours so you put your head down and say, I grew spiritually today, I was transformed today. Is that possible? Choice. You see, this is all part of the renewing process, right? Carl just grew right now. He's different because I guarantee you that will never happen again in churchdom. It happened in two minutes. Carl just grew because you know why? Next Sunday, he's going to check that thing five times before service starts. Carl is a new man. Let's give it up for Carl. He's a new man. Carl has grown tangible, practical. He's a new man. We'd, let's go have root beer floats. Carl is a new man. Now, I love that because that is a prime example of how we're going to grow. By the oopsies. By the I didn't think that I ah, It's those moments right there that are the opportunities to grow. You can plan and you can be very proactive and that's great too, but it's oftentimes when we're caught off guard. It's the caught off guard moments where God loosens us up. And you know, those of us who think we got it all together, you know, just have someone cut you off in traffic. Right. Just just have someone, you know, not be nice to you in line at the store. Just have, you know, something arrive in the mail that you weren't expecting. Right. It's it's oftentimes when we're caught off guard that we react. How many of us react and then look around real quick to make sure no one saw the reaction? Oops. (laughs) Oopsie. Right? It's those moments when God just lovingly reveals things. He says, "Hey, there's an area, right there. Cell phone, kick." Right? And and it's through those moments. If if we're looking, if we're open, if we're making choices, and so we can go 20 years out, but we can go 12 hours. And the same principle. It's a choice. Where you're going to be 20 years from now is a choice. A matter of choices. Where you're going to be 12 hours from now spiritually? is just a matter of choices. It's just a matter of choices. Because if you look in Romans 12.1 or 12.2, it says we are transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. The renewing of our mind. In your notes, there are kind of a quote I came across. It's a mental revolution. A qualitative renewal which makes a person different than in the past. It's a renewing of the mind. You've been given the mind of Christ. You've been given the Word of God. You've been given the Holy Spirit. And he says, hey, renew your mind as the basis, as the foundation for transformation. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, right? I love that quote that I put in your notes there by D.L. Moody. The Bible was not given for our information, but for our transformation. You've heard me talk before, right? Are we here just to gather more information and accumulate half sheets? Is that what we're here for? Is just more information and more accumulation. That's, that's, the, that's the real challenge. And, and it's the same challenge, I'll tell you this, it's the same challenge that, that the Jewish religious leaders face, and, and you've got to hear this, right? Jesus says in John 5, Hey, you study the Scriptures, you study the Scriptures but you refused to come to me. How did that happen? Well, for the Jewish religious people, they equated, very important, they equated study with obedience. They equated studying with actually obeying what Scripture was telling them to do. And it's the same thing in the church today if we're not careful. We can equate accumulation and attendance and study with obedience and it's really not. It's really not. That's why I I have nothing wrong with going to Bible studies. I love Bible studies. I have nothing wrong with the curriculum that's out there. The biggest concern I have is that as believers we begin to accumulate so much information that now accumulation in our minds is the same as obedience. So we're studying a lot. We know a lot more but because we're not putting into action... We're not transformed. So if you want to be renewed in the next 12 hours, there's going to be some choices to be made and maybe it'll be something that's on this piece of paper that God puts on your heart. And you're going to make a choice about. See, when you come on Sundays, right? We said last Sunday, when you come to church, come to praise God, come to, come to give Him glory. But here's, here's, a, here's a unique twist on why you come to church. Lord, I want to come to church because I want you to renew my mind. I'm coming for mind renewal. And Lord, through your word today, if there's something in my life that does not jive with your word and your will, would you show that to me so that through obedience I can get in line with you? Amen? That's why you. That's what this part of church is about. This part of church is for me not to give you my opinion. Not to give you my opinion. My job, my huge responsibility, which I... You know, sometimes I'm like, whoa, is to say this is what God's word says. Believing that if there's something in my life or your life as a believer that doesn't jive with this, we're supposed to get with his program. Amen. That's heavy. That's heavy for me. To carry that weight of accurately teaching this, knowing that the admonition is now go do something with it. So it's not information, it's not accumulation, it's meant to be transformation. So as you sit here, I had a, a buddy of mine, Pastor Miles, down at the Rock Church in San Diego, and what he's done since I've known him, you know, before when he was a high school pastor and a just smaller church, he told, he encourages congregations, bring your Bible and bring a pen. Why? Well, because he teaches the Word of God and he says, bring a pen. Because when you're sitting there and God speaks to you about something in your life, you write it down right then and there. So you bring your Bible and you bring a pen. And you say, okay, I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready. See, if you come with that heart and that attitude, you leave here like we talked about, uh, breaking the huddle. We break the huddle and all of you have your plan. You have your route to run. You have your assignment given by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Amen? That's what we do. When you come to Bible study, when you come on Wednesday nights, when you go to any Bible study, your heart should be, I got a pen. Lord, I got your word. Speak to me. Speak to me. And I'm ready to write it down. And I'm ready to... You got a pen right there. Wave the pen right there. Yeah, right? So you got a pen. Right? Right? You come ready. What is that? Renewing the mind. It's not just information. It's transformation, right? How many of you shop at Ikea? It's okay. It's okay, right? Right? Did you know that 30 years ago... Yeah, someone wants to go both hands out. Woo! Right? Did you know that Ikea is the wrong pronunciation? It is, it is 100% wrong. 30 years ago, when the company came to the U.S., they knew that Americans would put an I and say it I instead of E. It's supposed to be Ikea. Ikea. They knew that Americans would say Ikea, so they just let it go. Intentionally made a corporate decision to, to not correct Americans from saying Ikea. That's not how you pronounce it in their native tongue. <laughs> It's wrong. See, I just gave you information. You just tucked that away, didn't you? You're probably going to share that sometime. Hey, did you know it's IKEA? It's not IKEA. They they just made 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 room for us Americans, right? So you're going to share that trivia. Do we do that with the Bible? You come and you hear a story and you hear a little nugget from the pastor and you tuck it away as information, as a little anecdote, as trivia. I ain't got to share that. That's kind of cool. I'm going to share that this week with the boys at coffee. So it's information and trivia, but it's a transformation. See, Ikea, Ikea, eh, not much transformation than that, right? But if we're not careful, we come to church and we just want more trivia and want more information, and we're not going to... There's no point, other than we just walked away with a cool little story. We can't do that. Not if in, okay, now you have less than 12 hours. Now it's less than, the clock is ticking now. Not in 11 hours and 50 minutes you want to be different. You can't, you can't, you got to switch from information and accumulation to transformation. That's what we're talking about here. We're not here to give, to give like trivia, because... Honestly, if you really wanted to know where I get my stories and you really wanted to know where, I could just show you the websites. You know what I mean? And a lot of this research and everything, you don't have to have these big books anymore. I just just know where the tools are to, to understand what the Bible teaches. God just gifted me to present it in a certain way. But in the end, if we're here for information and accumulation, we miss the whole point. If you're going to midweek studies for more information and accumulation, here's my encouragement. Take this the right way. Stop going. And just say, Lord, what am I supposed to do with what I already know? You get what I'm saying? What am I supposed to do with what I already know? The dangerous part, guys, the dangerous, dangerous, dangerous part in, in accumulation is you become what we call spiritually fat. Thanksgiving. Anyone? How many of you come, like, you eat so much and you're just done? Right? You're done. You don't even... That's what happens kind of in, in the world of Christendom. We, we accumulate, oh, no no, 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 Bible study, read this, no, 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 and we just go, blah! I don't even want to move anymore. I'm just so bloated with information. Pick one. One truth one principle, one thing that God has revealed to you, one area. Focus on that one and see what happens in your life. Just one. Just one. You can still come to study. Still come and all that. I get all that. But please, please, please don't equate information and accumulation with transformation. It, that's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. And so, 20 years later, we're sitting under this canopy yesterday and at the beach, and I'm looking at, at people that I knew 20 years ago that are different, that have grown and matured. Why? Because of choices. It's a choice. It's this a choice, right? And so today, in, in, in your notes there, right, we, we, we talk about, it says, Happy Abba's Day, right? On Father's Day, we have a choice today, depending on your, uh, how long you've been in the church and your understanding of, of God as Father, you have a choice today to, to maybe leave here, change with a renewed mind about what it means to call God Father. What does that really mean, to have a heavenly Father, right? Jesus says, when you pray, pray our Father, okay? And and, and in Deuteronomy, in the Old Testament, I'll just read a couple verses. Deuteronomy 32.6, it says, is this the way you repay the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is He not your Father, your Creator, who made you and formed you? Psalm 89:26. He will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, the Rock, my Savior. Here's the thing. Many of us still carry around an Old Testament view of God as Father. So you see, they use the word Father in the Old Testament, but here's the thing. It tends to be authoritative. It tends to be more of a, of a title. It tends to be more the patriarchal view of the big father who is watching over everything. That is father. That's Old Testament father. Right? So even though they use the word father, some of us still carry that around. That God is father is authority, title, kind of distant, right? Not touchy-feely. In fact, this is probably father who's waiting with the what? Lightning bolts, right? All of this kind of that Old Testament view of Father. How many of us have taken the time to allow the renewing of our mind to uh, to understand what the New Testament teaches about your and my relationship in the New Covenant, right? Turn to John ten. Actually, let's go to Mark fourteen. Mark fourteen. Matthew Mark, Mark fourteen thirty two, Mark fourteen thirty two. They then went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will but what you will. That word, Abba, revolutionary. When the Jewish leaders heard that, they freaked out. Because Abba, putting in your notes, it's a term of endearment. It's Papa. It's Daddy. It's intimacy. It is close family relationships. And suddenly, Jesus is no longer, Oh, great and Great God, Heavenly Father who are a million miles away, who created... He's not talking like that. He's talking as if he's a small child using a term of endearment saying, Abba, Abba, Father. And in that culture, when the Jewish leaders heard that, it turned their world upside down because you just don't relate to God that way. This is the Old Testament God that you sacrifice to. This is the God of the law. You do not address him that intimately. And so this morning on this Father's Day, how do you address God as Father? What does that mean to you that God is Father? Now here's 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 a unique challenge, and this one what, what 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 I want to. Really encourage you to, because when I say Father, right away we want to kind of maybe go into our own earthly relationships and all that. And I understand that some of us had very good relationships, some of us not so good. I get that. Here's the, here, in the if you want to renew your mind, if you want to renew your mind, you have to make the choice to say this, Lord. Despite and in spite of how whatever human relationship I had with my heaven, with my earthly Father or not, okay being respectful of our experiences. I want to know you as my Father moving forward. I want to know you. And that's radically different than filtering God as Father through our own experiences. It's very subtle and it can be very challenging, but here's the thing. You wipe the slate clean as best you can and say, Lord, okay, I got your word and I got a pen. Now I want you to teach me through the Holy Spirit from the Word of God what you are to me as Abba. And based on that, I'm going to move forward. Based on that, I'm going to live my life. Based on what your Word teaches me about calling you Abba, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move forward. And if you'll do that, you'll find freedom. You'll find freedom because the basis of your transformation, guys, the basis of our spiritual transformation is not my experiences plus the word of God. The basis of spiritual transformation is simply who I am in Christ and moving forward on the word of God. Amen. You see the difference? Oftentimes we want to we hear the word of God and we get anchored to who we were before we were Christians. At a certain point. We have to say, the word of God says, "I'm a new creation. I never existed before in Christ. The Word of God says, "He's Abba. So I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose to lay aside all my earthly stuff and choose, first and foremost, to base my relationship on His word, on His word. That's a step of faith. That's the huge step of faith. I encourage you. You want, it, you want it? Okay. I'm going to give you a hint because now you have 11 hours and 45 minutes. Before you go to sleep tonight, if you've never done this, and you say a prayer before you go to sleep, start with this. Abba. Just start there. If you choose to begin to want to literally, tangibly, practically take steps of transformation in who you are in Christ, tonight before you pray, before you go to sleep, say a prayer and begin it, like Jesus says, our Abba. And see what that begins to do in you, in your heart, in your relationship with Him. Okay? Okay? This is, this, is, this is where it becomes transformation and not just information. When you put it into real practical terms, Abba. Share your heart with Abba. Share your heart with Abba. Right? Turn to Romans 8. Look at what it says here. This is awesome. Here, Romans 8. Wonderful example of transformation. The choice, the choice we have to be transformed. Romans eight fifteen. Romans eight fifteen. For you do not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. In the New King James Version, it says that we have been given the spirit of adoption. Adoption. So you have a choice to make, okay? It's very clear in verse 15. For you, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry out, Abba, Father. So there's your choice. You can still... He says, hey, you're no longer under the Old Testament law, bondage to fear, the Old Testament God... And the new covenant, you can now enjoy the privilege of calling him Abba. Choice is yours, really, is what Paul's saying. I'm telling you the truth. Here's the truth. You don't have to fear him like the Old Testament anymore. Here's the truth. You're now adopted into his family and you can call him Abba. Choice is yours. If you make the choice to move and live in adoption, woo! watch what happens. Watch what happens, because I love this word. Look, at, look in verse. It says uh, in verse, the end of verse 15. For you do not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of assumption. And by him we what? By him we what? By him we cry. That's Kraslo. It's cry. Abba. Father. See, we just don't get how, how mind numbingly revolutionary this was to the Jews. They go from God of the Old Testament, lightning bolts and plagues and law and sacrifices to going. Abba? Adoption? That's why they cry. Abba! There's emotion here, guys. That word cry is one of those powerful words. They're crying. Abba! Abba! the God that was so distant and so angry and so unapproachable, except for the high priest, once a year, that same God, now they can approach with confidence and boldness through Jesus and call Him Abba. They cry Abba. Adoption. It means being placed as a son. The Roman, the, the why He chose that word in the Roman culture, they, they, there was adoption. And you could take a slave and adopt him into your family and immediately he's placed as a son and an heir. All the debts are canceled. Everything. Fresh start. You're now a son. Treated as a son immediately as soon as adoption is done. Here's the crazy thing. Did you know that you could be going to heaven without adoption? Adoption's a privilege. What do you mean? Well, remember justification? What's justification? When you put your faith in Christ, you are declared not guilty, fully righteous. So based on the legal standing of justification, you're already clean. And then there's regeneration. You're born again, right? You're given a new nature. You want to come to church. You want to praise God. You want to read your Bible. So 're just we have justification, we have regeneration. we didn't really need adoption. Adoption is a crazy. I can't even wrap my mind around privilege of being adopted into God's family. We have been placed into God's families as sons, daughters, with all the rights and privileges accorded to our Father. Amen. That's crazy! Because usually we think of, oh, yeah, I'm, like, my sins are forgiven. Yeah, that's justification. Oh, yeah, I'm born again. I have a new nature. That's regeneration. But I'm adopted. I'm in. I'm a son. I'm an heir. Because he wanted to. Because he wanted to. Look at this verse. I love this. for Eternity Ephesians. Remember I told you the last few weeks it's not about you. It's not about me. Right. Galatians, Ephesians. Look at Ephesians. I find it. Ephesians one. Ephesians one. Start in verse three. Ephesians one three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love He predestined us to be what? Adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. What? To the praise of His glorious grace which He has freely given us in the one He loves. Why have we been adopted? Gives Him the praise. So when you're walking around... And you got a smile on your face and you're feeling pretty good about who you are in Christ. Say, what's up with you, man? Well, I've been justified. I'm declared not guilty, fully righteous. Really? What else? Well, I'm regenerated. I've been born again. Is that it? No, I'm adopted. I'm adopted. I have every spiritual blessing. My Heavenly Father says I'm an heir. And I give him all the praise. You see how it goes all right back to him? But who reaps all the benefit? Uh, Us. But not to hoard it selfishly, to give it all the praise back to him. So on this Father's Day, you have been adopted into God's family. And you have the crazy privilege to call him Abba. With all the rights and privileges included as a family member. There is no JV. There is no class system. Through faith in Jesus, you're adopted, and he calls you my son, my daughter. And you remember what he said to Jesus after Jesus came up after being baptized? This is my son, in whom I am what? Well pleased. Oh wait, who does that apply to? Who does that apply to this morning? This is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. Right? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. What? What? Abba unashamedly announces that he's well pleased with me? You? Yes. Yes. And so we don't, we don't walk with Him out of a slavish fear under the bondage to the law. What does, this, what does this do? What does adoption and the truth of adoption do? It just wells up in us love. It just wells up a desire to please Abba. To, to declare, I am a member of Abba's family. And so the choices I make are based on loving Abba, on pleasing Abba, on, on glorifying and honoring Abba and the family. The family. You see, together, as, as children, because what does it say? As many as received Him, He gave the right to become children of God. We're all we're a family. Might as well turn to the person next to you and say, Hey, brother. Hey, sister. Go ahead. I mean, go ahead, because it's, it's biblical. It's not just cliche. You're a child of God. We are all children of God, right? And here's, here's his admonition. Hey, we'll close with this. Turn to Ephesians 5.1 so you can read it together. Here's, here's, here's Abba's admonition to us. Here we go. Ephesians 5.1. We'll close with this. and then want we'll to take communion. I love this. Ephesians 5, 1. Be imitators of God. Well, now we know who that is. Abba. Be imitators of Abba. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Look at verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. You see, on this Father's Day, in the next 11 hours and 30 minutes, you can choose to simply live as a child of God, as a child of light. Imitate Abba in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we can do. And as you make those choices throughout the day, whatever happens, by the time you put your head down on your pillow, you will have taken a step or steps in transformation. And here's the crazy thing. No one may even see it in the human realm. But when someone does something to you and in the power of the Holy Spirit you don't make a wise crack. When you have a thought and you cap it right away Abba sees that. And you glorify Abba. And you put your head down tonight and you know what Abba says to you? Well done. Well done. Get a good night's rest. Because tomorrow we start again. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Abba. It's difficult for us to grasp how absolutely crazy it must have been for the Jews to address you as Abba. A word that we, perhaps even in church, take for granted. Become overly familiar with. And we lose the significance. That we don't live in slavish fear. But we have been adopted into your family. Placed as sons and daughters with all the rights and privileges. All debts cancelled. And so above. We ask that this truth, on this day, would resonate and and be profoundly rooted in our hearts, in our minds. And would renew us in our interactions, in our approach, in our view. To you. The choices we make throughout the day. Not out of slavish fear, but out of love for Abba. And a desire to honor and please Abba. You. Can you tell us in Ephesians 5 1 to live a life of love? Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice. And again, Sometimes in the familiarity of church, we lose sight of what Jesus really did and suffered and sacrificed. And I think about him in his moment of agony in the garden, and he addressed you as Abba. At a time when he, in his humanness, understood what was about to happen, he cried out to you as Abba. And that's my prayer for us as we've gathered here. Perhaps there are things going on in our life that no one knows about or or it's just been an ongoing struggle and and perhaps in the renewing of our minds through your word this morning, perhaps we'll choose to say Abba. And to begin praying and seeking your will as Abba as someone placed in your family, as a son and daughter. So, so Father, now we take this communion in remembrance of your Son, Jesus. We also do it reminded and taught through your Scripture this day that we have been not just justified, not just regenerated, but adopted. We take communion in remembrance of Jesus as heirs, as brothers and sisters, as children in the family of God. And for that, we are eternally grateful. So We take this time now to remember you, Jesus, but also to reflect on what it means to be able to address the God of the universe as Abba. And to know Abba loves us. More than than ever.